Hi, everyone. What's going on? <laughs> Welcome to the two-point conversion off-season, sort of not off-season, more expanded season, because this time we have the Indubious Jay to talk like all sports, not just football, and oh, all other things that we have, uh, you know, like the Puppy Bowl, which was spectacular yesterday. But first, uh, um, I'm uh, at Gladys L. Tyler, co-host. Hi, sir. How are you? I'm well. It's been a while. I missed you. I missed you too. I can't believe you can't do it with us during um, the season, during the football season. But okay, we will take it any way we can. We will take you any way we can. Yeah, you- maybe, uh, maybe, maybe next, maybe around uh, football season next year, my schedule might free up a little bit. Won't have as much uh, trainings to go in with my new job promotion here. So, see, Jay does big boy stuff. He does man stuff. So he has like he has big responsibilities. There's, there's nothing more man. There's nothing more manly than talking uh, football twenty four years around. That, that's what we do. Yeah, that is what we do. But we can talk other stuff like the Puppy Bowl. Puppy okay, Bowl. the Puppy Bowl was on yesterday. It was way better than the Super Bowl, um, mainly because of the ending of the Super Bowl and Philly didn't win. But <laughs> they had a puppy on there named um, Lane Hertz. It was the best thing ever. If you guys haven't ever watched the Puppy Bowl, I'm pretty sure you can watch it on Animal Planet. Um, it's rescue puppies, and they bring them in, and they put, like, bandanas on them. So the blue team is the fluff, and the orange team is the rough. And these dogs, of course, have no idea what they're doing. But they have all these toys, and they pick up a toy, and if they run into the end zone, it's a touchdown. And it's, like, the greatest awesome. thing ever. It was so awesome. I think it used to be, like, the dog bowl, but um, – I guess they decided the puppies need more help. So now it's the puppy ball. And then they have like the viewing room, like uh, the suites and, and it's filled with cats who are just watching the puppy ball. It's, it's the best thing ever. I, I don't even know why people watch the Super Bowl because, you know, it kind of sounds like the, uh, you remember back in the day, the old uh, Budweiser commercials, like they had like the Bud Bowl back in the day. Um, where the dogs played the horses or the horses played each other and the dogs are watching. No, no. Like a long time ago, they used to have like Bud Bowl and it was like the little, like the beers, like they would actually have like a football game and they'd be in uh, the (laughs) So it's like they used, instead of doing that, make it alive, you know, give the puppies. Well, actually, so my boys, my wife has this great idea. Um, she's manipulating the boys to clean up their room. Um, and if they clean up their room every day for a month, they're going to get a new puppy. <gasps> Yay! A rescue? No, I don't know. I, oh. Yay for you. I'm not because they're five and eight. They're not taking care of the dog. That's going to be my puppy. I'm <laughs> so going to be a rescue. One, right. Yeah, I'm going to be the one picking up poop and all of that type of stuff. So, yeah, you'll be fine. Puppies are great. Dogs are great. Hi, hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Yeah, the man. Yeah, Jeff, the man, the myth. The legend. If you guys don't know Jeff Lambert, you should get on that because he's really, really great. Like he's really, he's pretty awesome. You know, he won't tell you that he's pretty awesome, but he is. Um, um yeah. That's right. <laughs> they they in a room and I get a puppy. I think I think my wife is just kind of like using the boys kind of as a good uh, bargaining. Tool. Oh, she wants a puppy. She, need to do that. she wants the puppy. See? But she's like, yeah, she talks them uh, into getting it. And tomorrow's Valentine's like, Day. Uh, that would be a good. I got, I got six pair of cute eyes just looking at me like. <laughs> that would be the excellent Valentine present. Go to the rescue, pick up a puppy. What could be more Valentine-y than that? I, I don't, I can't think of. <laughs> the, the day that you, the day that you hate. <laughs> I do hate it so much. <laughs> but. Hallmark holiday uh, for singles Jesus. awareness. I know. I, it's. I'm I'm pretty much anti all holidays actually, except for I do believe that the soup the day after the Super Bowl should be like a holiday because I don't even drink and it should be and a- I have like a Super Bowl hangover. I didn't want to do anything but sleep and watch really bad Netflix teen movies, which I'm concerned that I'm addicted to teen movies right now. I'm way too old. With normal Super Bowl, <laughs> with normal Super Bowl endings, right? Yeah. I guess we're going to talk about that at some point. Um, but- yeah, I guess we should. We probably should. I mean, we started off with the Puppy Bowl, which is, hey, Jamie, um, which is, you know, the highlight, actually, of the show. So now we can talk about the Super Bowl, which 
Who are you pulling for? I know you're you're a big Rams guy. Who are you pulling for? I didn't have a horse in that race because my favorite team is the Rams and whoever's playing the 49ers. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. Uh, so I, I just watched the game, right? I was like, I was worried that I wouldn't enjoy the game because um, it didn't have a villain, yeah. right? I, I feel like the, the Super Bowl like thrives when there's a villain. We want to root against Tom Brady. He can't win again. And, you know, the 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 hot shot Joe Cool trying to take the championship from my Rams in our house. You know what I mean? It, there wasn't a villain. How can you hate Jalen Hurts? How can you hate Patrick Mahomes? I can hate the Chiefs. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm okay. You can hate the Chiefs. Yeah, I can, I'm, I'm so tired. Like, I admire Patrick Mahomes and his talent. I'm just so tired of the narrative of Patrick Mahomes, blah, blah, blah. And then Travis Kelsey, we're such an underdog. No one believed in us. And hi, Jackie. And um, I, I I just – I. That was a weird rant, all right? Yeah. That was a weird it rant. Was a weird rant. And then they go into the locker room, and one of the defensive guys was like, yeah, they were telling us we can't – we couldn't stop – Jalen Hurts, you didn't stop Jalen Hurts. He had 308 it's, yards and three touchdowns, dude. You did not stop Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts just ran out of time. That, that's... It was. <laughs> See, that's what I – I think that's what bothers me most about that game was that ending. You Not not even the holding call. The fact that they kind of did a basketball stall instead of just go ahead and make a yeah. touchdown, give them a chance to play. It's kind of like the overtime thing. Give them a chance. They gave them two touchdowns, right? That the Eagles let that let them get two uh, of them. And I know that all of the the people who bet for Jarek McKinnon to get a TD were like, "Dude, what are you doing? You almost slid into the end. He almost, he slid, almost into did slide into he the almost end zone. Into right, right. Yeah. I had Kenneth Gainwell, so when they called the one back in the first quarter, I was like, "And I'm out." So Kenneth Gainwell had a touchdown. They took it away from him, and I was like, "Now I'm just watching the game for you know to see who wins." But it was. I think it was the ending that bothered me. It was the fact that they played that stall game instead of, and I know that, you know, that's what they have to do to win, but it was such a good game up until that point. Just that it was a very, uh, very anticlimactic yeah. finish for us. Great game. I mean, really like a tell of two halves, right? The the Eagles come out and you're like, there's no way when the way that the Eagles oh came out, the Chiefs are exactly. It was he says, Devontae Smith scores that TD, I win 400. He goes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, he kind of lost where he was at for a little bit. I think he like, did. I, I think he did. I, I mean, there were a well, lot. Can you be more wide open than, than how he was? I mean, routinely, though, he was routinely, routinely wide open. I know that the Chiefs secondary was um, problematic, but, goodness, Devontae was open pretty much all night. Jalen Hurts was lighting that team up. He was. Um, but it, the game turned. I feel like there are three, like, huge, monstrous plays in that whole game that the Eagles dominated. And then, so you got the fumble, right? The yeah. first half fumble. Um, that was that, that scoop six. What was his name? Uh, Brendan uh, Bowden or uh, Nick Bowden. Nick Bowden uh, almost had two. He almost had two defensive touchdowns in yeah, that game. I would have cried a lot because I had Eagles. That, that was that was amazing, right? And so, but even after that, right, you felt like Jalen Hurst was like, ooh, ooh, I got it, you know, it's going to be all right. And he was. He, he was outside of that one miscue. Jalen Hurst was flawless in the game, um, played an amazing, amazing game. And then you come in and it's like Patrick Mahomes right before the half, he rolls his ankle. Everybody's talking about, you know, the, the there there it is, right? We're building up the mystique of the great Mahomes, the next GOAT to come out there. And uh, all he did was, you know, go into the locker room and put on his cape. It seemed like. Uh, <laughs> See, that's the narrative that drives me crazy yeah. because Jalen Hurts outplayed him. I mean, Jalen Hurts outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Eagles defense got outplayed by Kansas City defense, which was the big surprise of the game. Oh, Zach, you're so sweet. Thanks. But not true. Um, but um, I, and and so the narrative will be, you know, Patrick Mahomes put on his cape, came out, hurt his ankle, played on a bum ankle, and still and you know won the game. I think, I think that in, in twenty years, right? In twenty years, he's he's also have would have have walked three miles in the snow with one foot. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be like kind of like the same arguments that people have in favor of Michael Jordan because. In 10 years from now, Michael, Michael Jordan would have walked on the moon. Um, it's, it's just like this never-ending story that's just building uh, for Mahomes. I mean, but they did, right? They scored on every single possession. 
in the second yeah, half. It was it was uh, sad. I, that I mean, return, the the punt return by Kadarius uh, Um, I think that that was the moment where fate was like, mm, yeah, I think yeah. I like, <laughs> and she put on that red and yellow jersey. Um, because uh, that one, I felt like. First of all, he should have scored the touchdown. How do you not? How do you do all that and not score the touchdown? It just felt like once that play happened, that okay, this game is really, really shifting in the favor of the Chiefs. And then obviously you get that that holding call. Uh, James Bradbury held him. Okay, I'm not going to say he didn't hold him, but I here's, used to. Here's the thing, though. That was the only holding call in the whole entire game. So you're telling me that was like the most egregious hold. Hey, Brody. Hey, Brody's a dog, by the way. And just in case you're wondering if dogs can think and why you shouldn't get one, Brody said hi. Uh, Appreciate the compliment, (laughs) the big Filowski. Jeff may not have won the bet, but we all won tonight with the return of Gladys and Jay. (laughs) Peace. Love it. Uh, Okay. Um, Yeah, but that – so the one holding call in the game is going to come in the end of the fourth quarter – and it wasn't an egregious holding call. It was like he he tugged on his shirt. He did. Yeah. But let him play. You haven't called holding all game. And I refuse to believe that was the only time that it could have been called. It's, it's like it's like one of those things. Well, first of all, you can literally call holding on every on play. Every play. All right. It's like it's like with basketball. I can I can call travel pretty much on almost every uh, NBA play. There comes up, I'm not gonna say that he didn't hold him. But like you said, it wasn't egregious enough that it's a Super Bowl changing call. Right. And yeah, like you said, the, the ref swallowed the whistle at the start of the game and then coughed it up on the back of that final KC drive. It did feel like that, right? It was kind of like that. What are you doing? You, to Gladys' yeah. point, you haven't called it all game. Now you call it? Uh, what's the worst thing? What's the worst thing that happens by not? making the call there right the eagles go ahead and they kick the field goal i mean the chiefs kicked the field goal anyway which they were playing to do they weren't trying to score touchdowns because they were marching up and down the field um at that point in time they were playing it safe they were going to go ahead and take the three uh go up by three with a minute and a half left in the game and um let the chiefs defense um do what they were doing in the second half they were they were kind of doing like this weird thing where they weren't really getting to Jalen, but they were kind of flushing him out of the pocket, right? And they were kind of moving him uh, to his left. So they, if he did have to run, he would have going to have to run, but he could. they were taking the throw because he had to throw across his body. Um, so I don't know. If anybody um, went in and put on the cape, it would be Andy Reid, in my opinion. <laughs> um, are we not giving enough credit to the enemy, though? I no, mean- we are. I Definitely. And I want to shout out Andy for, you know, giving him that – Eric Bieniemy just probably coached himself into a head coaching job, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't think so. At least I think being he, one at the top of the he, list. He's um, being looked at for two OC positions right now, which well is deserved. what he is now. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean. They literally scored. They scored two, two touchdowns on the exact same play. They did the, right? the, little, the little play where, you know, Juju comes up and then, you know, reverses really, and then they snap it, and Juju walks into the end zone. Like, I can't believe I'm this open. I almost dropped it. You know, you, Juju's, well, it was Juju's Juju, drop. Probably, I just dropped it. <laughs> Juju, so. Too wide open, not hard enough, right? And then they did the – and then the next time that they scored a touchdown, they did the exact same play on the opposite side of the field to Kadarius Tony, who also looked like, I can't believe I'm, I'm this wide, wide open. open. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the Eagles defense definitely – let them down um at the second <laughs> you half. Hit R2 to play. <laughs> <laughs> but I Do you ever play Madden? Do you ever play Madden Gladys? I, I don't I can't play Madden. I'm really bad at Madden. Like like incredibly atrociously bad at Madden. So no. Very that's a very underrated joke there by uh the boss man there. They hit R2. So you know on Madden you, you select the play you hit R2 and it flips it to the other side of the field. Ah uh, yeah, that's kind of what the Chiefs. Is that what he's talking about? What they, did. they hit R two. Yeah. Oh my God! Okay, I, I, Madden. No, I, I'm really bad at all those kind of games. I'm gonna say it. Um, yeah, it says it. I believe Zach. Like it's the refs weren't consistent with their calls, and if they were, 
Then I I don't I'm not saying the Eagles would have won that game because they really played bad. But I'm saying the Eagles had a bad half. They had a the bad Eagles half. defense yeah. had a bad half, right? Right. Jalen Jalen balled out. Like I I don't even know how you can say that Mahomes outplayed him. If I mean I know you can't give the most valuable player to a losing team. <laughs> no, you get to a punt returner, but to a losing team. But come on, I, I mean, Jalen was the most valuable player on that field. Yeah, in the purest in the purest sense of what the MVP should be, right? Yeah. The most valuable player in the game uh, was Jalen Hurts. The second most valuable player was probably the field. I, I oh felt that. Yeah, that field looked really slippery. So the Eagles. Um, I mean, how many times did they show like with guys like changing their spikes had to go to, you know, the, the bigger studs, the seven studs and right there. And I'm like, goodness, these guys are pulling out seven studs. Are we playing poker now? They couldn't get the edge. They couldn't contain. I mean, they were allowing Mahomes to kind of break contain. And um, I don't, just don't think that that would have happened had that field been in better condition. I think that the Eagles would have been able to pretty much tee off on them, kind of like how they did in the first half. I mean, he was being hurried a lot. Yeah, but and I don't know. I think that I heard that the Eagles were the only ones who changed their cleats. The KC never changed their cleats. Like the Eagles changed theirs. KC had played on that field earlier this year, and they had complained about it. This was the first time the Eagles had played on it. So maybe KC came out with the right cleats because they knew already. They probably knew that the field was okay. going to be like that slippery. But people were like uh, the Sky Moore when he cut around the corner that one time and it. No one touched him. His feet just went out from under him on the cut. It was – you could tell it was just ridiculous. I mean, Jake Elliott almost broke his ankle oh, on the kickoff. You know? <laughs> it's like, that's odd. That, that, um, and then the big painting logos had to be slippery too. Like, yeah. the, it was just – I'm just glad I watched the Puppy Bowl because it redeemed everything about, you know, Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> and it, it was played over and over again so I could watch it after the game and go, whew. Well, Rihanna, Rihanna didn't give you uh, any reprieve on the on the Super Bowl. Um, it's her fault. She she uh, she she's the one that slowed the slowed the uh, the Eagles down. It was a it was a it it was a good Super Bowl halftime show. I actually liked the last one with Eminem and Dr. Dre. I like that one better. Of course, but um, of course, yeah. I it was good. I mean, we learned it. I heard someone say it's. The largest baby reveal ever in the history of the world, and that's, that's true. what it was, exactly. right? We, we to figure out. I was like, so I was taught. I was taught. My mom always taught me, if you don't know, don't ask a woman <laughs> if she's pregnant. I'm like, I'm looking at my wife and my sister, and I'm like, kind of like, I mean, <laughs> well, I. But it's, she's not. She's not high energy anyway, right? But it looked like she had some extra hormones going on there. I was like. I just can't believe she went up and down in that thing. Like that was awesome. But yeah, crazy. I was, I was like, cause my sister called and she's like, Oh my God, I'm so proud of her that she's, um, that she's showing like the baby fat. And I was like, I don't, I don't think that's baby fat. I think she's pregnant yeah, that, again. Oh yeah. yeah seen, Only I've me. seen baby fat. That, that, that was definitely, <laughs> that was definitely the right there. I am pregnant again. And they were saying right. that, all during rehearsals, she would wear like no one knew during the rehearsals because she would always wear stuff to cover it. So that was like her baby reveal. It was like that was just- it was because she had the she had the the zipper like intentionally showing the baby, you know, with the protruding navel. I yeah. agree, Jeff. I feel cheated. You should she should just give us the gender reveal right here. Let's flash out, you know, make the fireworks blue instead of you know, blah, little boy. Oh, wasted opportunity, Riri. Wasted it, opportunity. It was a wasted opportunity. But okay, I'm gonna do this. And you guys, anyone who knows me knows I'm really, really bad at this. But here's the thing: I'm gonna talk about underdog for a second. Like, I'm just gonna slide it into our conversation because you just talked about wasted opportunity. And I play underdog best ball. It's the only best ball I play because I really suck at best ball. Do you play best ball? I've only played it once. This year? No, I played it last year. I didn't like it. <laughs> so I played underdog best ball for the postseason because I had the um, like they match up to hundred dollars if you put GF two um, GF two in the thing. 
and I did. And so I had this money. And once you match, you can't take the match money out. You have to play it. So I'm playing yeah. best ball in the postseason, and I won money. And if I can win money, anyone can, because I had no friggin' idea what I was doing. I'm not kidding. Like, I I was playing best ball when you draft. Like, it's only, like, a four-person draft or whatever. And then I'm listening to a podcast after, and I'm like, oh, oh, I was supposed to, like, pick guys that are going to go on. Like, I was picking people that were going to, you know, win, like, a first round. And they're like, no, you're supposed to pick people that you think are going to make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, so you have, yeah, right. So yeah. you, you get some you get some role players here on on the Eagles, on the Chiefs. You know, exactly. So I, I made it to like the third round. So I made, I made money because I made it to the divisional round. And then I had no one because, yeah. you know, I had Jalen Hurts, I think, is all I had. And then I'm playing oh, against yeah. guys. That I, have, almost all you needed. So well, cool. if I played. Super Bowl, it would have been all I needed, but I got kicked out before because these guys were playing like Devontae Smith and um, who the guys playing against. Yeah, Devontae Smith, Travis Kelsey, and somebody else. I'm like, oh, fuck. So, but if you guys want to play best ball in any sport, it's not just football, it's basketball, it's baseball. I think they do NASCAR, golf. Go to Underdog, put GF2 in your promo code, get matching up to 100. Play best ball. I'm telling you, if I can make it to the third round, if I can like and not knowing what the hell I'm doing, you guys are you guys are golden because I'm pretty sure everyone listening is way better at best ball than I am. Because you're not just threatening me with a good time. This gonna make you that you know gonna match your money too. Did you bet? Do you bet on the Super Bowl at all? Did you bet, Jay? I didn't bet. I, I took some oh. um no, I didn't I didn't make any bets this year. I didn't know who to pick. Um, to yeah, be honest, I didn't I didn't like the line. Um, I, I thought that Eagles minus one point five was a bit of a trap, but I wasn't ready to to, to bet the Chiefs either. Um, no, nope, I the Bengals. So remember, remember when we first uh, before the season start, right? We talked about the Super Detroit. Bowl futures, right? And, yeah. I, and I said, put some money on the Bengals. <laughs> I was upset at that because the, the Bengals came in, they were like getting like five to one odds. And so I went and put like a hundred bucks on the, on the Bengals. I thought that that was a miss misprint and damn it almost got there. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> no, that was a, yeah. I, uh, I was looking at the futures today. They only have like, they have the lines, but they don't have, like I played player futures, like, you know, Offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. But the prop bets this year, I just learned what an octopus was. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to bet that because I've never heard of it before. So an octopus, for those of you who don't know, is like if a guy scores the touchdown and also scores a two-point conversion, which Jalen Hurts did. And wow, yeah, he did do that. So I got the octopus bet, but that's pretty much the only. I would only bet anything that was a long shot. Like it had to be more than plus 500 or I wouldn't just because there was money in there. And I, you know, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm not going to bet. I don't bet on anything other than football. So let's just see what happens. So the octopus bet. And then the, I think I had a three touchdown parlay, like Travis Kelsey, right. AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts, anytime touchdown, which was like plus 700, which I was like, plus, yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, you. you know that Travis Kelsey's going to get a touchdown. like, And you kind of figured Jalen Hurts would get one. I didn't think he'd get three. A.J. Brown was the the weak leak in that. But he did get a touchdown, so that was cool. He scored, bro, right? Yeah, yeah. he scored one. But he wasn't my first time score. But he was an in-time score. So, yeah, it was good. But um, I definitely like I definitely like uh, the in-game bets. I like the in-game props, whatever. I just didn't have – I just didn't um, make any bets. I did have – I had a few bets, actually. I had some money on a stat hero. They sent me an email what is that? Uh, like a day before the game. A stat hero is another like kind of like website, like kind of like underdog, whatever, where what they do is they present their lineup. Right. And they'll, they'll show you what theirs is. And then you can choose to take that bet and try to go against them on, and stuff like that. Another one, just another little one. So the one that they had was they took Devonte Smith. Um, plus 20 yards receiving over Kelsey. Ooh. Um, and I took, the side, I took the sucker side of it and I took the Kelsey. I was like, nah, give me Kelsey. Uh, give me Kelsey over 100 yards. And it was the other way around. So I didn't win on that one. I did win on the uh, the fantasy points of uh, 
I think it was it was Jalen Hurts and and Dallas Goddard yeah. versus Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. So I won on the fantasy points on nice. that one. Yeah, so I made about fifty bucks on that. That was fun. Jalen Hurts, I, honestly, he I feel bad because he played so hard. Like he three, he just was so good, you know. But the narrative is going to be like you said. Mahomes coming out second half after he hurt his ankle with his like Superman cape on, which is probably why I, yeah, I'm just I'm so tired of the Mahomes narrative. I just can't. it was it was it was frustrating. Um, <laughs> my wife who doesn't watch a lot of football, we were watching that because the game's getting good, right? And so even right. the people who don't watch are like, oh, and then she was like, wait, this is how it ends. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Let's 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 make sure we start talking about football here, right? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. What is happening? This is how it ends. It was so anticlimactic. Yeah, the right call, but the wrong call. I used to ref high school basketball um, back in the day, and I remember we, we were we were at a playoff game, and it was a uh, Long Beach Poly. I think it was. I think it was one of their, it was either Lakewood or Jordan. So it was a team that they're very familiar with. And uh, it was Lakewood. Lakewood had no business in this game. No business in this game. Polly was better than them, but it was close all throughout, right? And so it's getting down. It's like a couple of seconds left in the game. And um, Lakewood shoots a three and Polly fouled him. I didn't call it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not calling that, right? He missed it like the coach reams me a new one. What? <laughs> I'm not calling that. Y'all going to overtime. Here's here's some more time. Y'all figure it out on the court. I'm not calling that. And that's kind of what you um kind of what yeah. you expect to see. I think that refs, you're you're part of the game too, right? So you have to understand the, the magnitude of a call that you make or don't make. Um, and it wasn't egregious enough to where it wasn't gonna stop the Chiefs from doing what they were trying to do anyway which was score to field goal, go up by three, and then hope that that three-point lead is good enough for the minute and a half. But what you did is you gave them a first down, okay, where the Chiefs were able to do that little cheap little, I'm going to go back here and 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 and, and take the knee and, and just, yeah, you plan to win the game. I get it. But it was such a great game to have in like that. It's just inconsistent. Like I think Zach was talking about, that's the worst ref is the one that's going to be inconsistent. But then there's other times in Super Bowl where there was an egregious call that was not made, right? Where I think of like the the 49ers when they played the Ravens um, and that that pass interference right in the end zone, um, which did decide the game. I thought that that one should have been called, right? So I don't know. Well, I think that what the take from all this is, is that Roger Goodell is a big fat liar and he will say anything to keep his job. Because his statement that this is the best refs I've seen ever, he, he, the playoffs pretty much was like, nah, dude, nah, that's, this isn't the best refing job you've ever seen because they kind of sucked. They kind of did. They were inconsistent in they their calls. Yep. And that's not what you want in a playoff. It's not even what you want in a regular season, but much less in a playoff game. So... The big takeaway I took away was Roger Goodell's a big fat liar and he's making way too much money. That was my takeaway from the whole season. That's pretty much all I got. Just this season? <laughs> the whole season. My season sucked. My fantasy season sucked. It was really bad. So so I'm 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 grasping on straws on everything I can. And the puppy bowl. <laughs> I'm not gonna ever stop talking about the puppy bowl. Puppy bowl is a saving grace. Oh my god, those puppies are so cute. They're so cute, and there's always mm. one disabled one that's like the best puppy ever. <laughs> they gotta find it. They find a disabled one. It, it quality. You right just here. like put them in. It's the best thing it's ever. Good. Anyone, everyone, it's the best thing ever. Okay, so um, I'm gonna let you like lead this conversation because I have no idea. All I know is that Denver was probably one of the losers in the um, NBA free agency, not because. Not because of what they did or didn't do, but because of what Phoenix did. So Denver, who came into the free agency with, um, A, they're the best in the West. And that's no longer the case because stupid Kevin Durant. Yeah. Deadline, right? So, yeah. um, well, if you listen to Rob Palenka, pre-agency 
um, which is what what he wanted to coin it as. But yeah, Denver uh, definitely came up a little short in that one. But it's one of those things where you ever you ever play like fantasy, right? And I always feel like the team that the team that's always stacked that they're not looking at they're not looking over their shoulders. They're not worried about nobody. That team's often in trouble because they don't make the moves that they need to do, right? So they just kind of sit on the team. I don't need to make any moves. And then you get this team that comes out of nowhere um, because they can't win any other way. And then they just go and they just make a crap load of trades. And I think that that's what happened um, with the Suns, um, where you get, you know, out of nowhere, Kevin. I mean, Kevin Durant's been flirting with the Suns for a while, though. (laughs) I wouldn't say that that one came out of left field, per se. He's been flirting with them for a while, but I saw like this, there was this uh, meme was well, like this YouTube video. This, this creator comes out and he's talking about LeBron James and uh, he's, he's going through the whole emotion thing from LeBron, you know, breaking the record. Shout out Bron for a past first player becoming the all time leading scorer in NBA history. For all of you haters out there, LeBron is also number four in assist all time. So don't at me, but if you want to at me, I'm ready to go. Um, so he's on there and he's talking about, you know, that and he gets his phone call and the Lakers are in the locker room and uh, he, 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 the phone call comes in and Russ has been traded. Right. And he's like, what? Russ has been tra-. But I mean, man, they traded Russ. <laughs> and so Russ is in the back and he hears it. He's like, man, F all of y'all. I don't want to be here. F, fans, F this team. I'm out of here. Deuces. So he's like, how you really feel? Right. So later on, LeBron's playing a game. And he's talking to Anthony Davis. Uh, LeBron's playing 2K, and he's like, yo, man, this new team that we got, we looking nice. And AD's like, hey, man, you hear? Woj bomb. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, KD. He was like, where are you going? He, he, where are you going? Back, he went to 76 or something, like, you know, somewhere like that. Back, He's like, nah, he came to Phoenix. He was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, all right. He's like, what'd they give up? They had to give up Aiton and Booker, right? Or, you know, at least CP3. And, and it was like, nah. They gave up some picks. <laughs> and LeBron, and he's like, what? He was like, man, that's his third super team. <laughs> they think I'm Thanos. I beat that man one time. And um, it was crazy. I, I was expecting, and then Draymond Green was talking about how, yeah, they gave up the picks. But really, because they were able to keep Booker and Aiden, and Draymond's point is that they actually still have picks because at any given time, Unless those dudes just fall off the face of a planet, you can trade one of those players if it doesn't work out to get back in the picks. So KD uh, coming to the Suns definitely probably makes them uh, the favorite to coming out of the West. How can it not? When you have, uh, you know, the floor general, Chris Paul, you have Devin Booker being able to keep Booker and Aiden and adding KD to that mix. Yeah, they don't have a lot of depth like that anymore, but I just think that it's hard to beat. I think that the Lakers did a did a pretty good job. I'm proud of the Lakers because for the last couple of years, the Lakers have been just kind of going on this, we're just going to pay for superstars thing. And that's just not how you win um, in the NBA anymore. You got to have players that, you know, can put together a solid team. So um, having D'Angelo Russell come back, you know, to the Lakers with Malik Beasley and Vanderbilt um, and even the Rui trade a couple of weeks prior, uh, puts the Lakers in a good position. Um, Dallas came up pretty good with Kyrie Irving, which is an interesting mix there. Um, Kyrie Irving and Luka there, but I never saw that coming with KD going to the Suns. I know that he was talking about it, but I didn't see how it was going to happen without them giving up Booker. And they made it very clear that they didn't want to do that. And I don't know what the Nets are doing. I, I don't know. What, what's the Nets owner, um, Joe Sy? Was this, is that his name? I have no idea. Joe Sy? I have no idea. Anyone else know? I have no idea. I just know that the Nets, they're set for like next year or the year before. I mean, with all the picks they got acquired. And, and I mean, Kyrie wasn't happy there, and neither was Durant once Kyrie left. So emotionally they're better off. I don't know if that's uh, any help. But you know what I mean? I mean, it's not as toxic. It doesn't appear to be as toxic as it was. So it's just a tough sell. It's a tough sell to the Nets fans, right? Where you're like, KD, Kyrie. Oh, now we have Spencer Dinwiddie and, and Ben Simmons. Yeah, but they had KD and Kyrie last year. I mean, 
Did not like they really, wasn't. Did they really? Kyrie Irving missed what forty? He missed forty percent of his games since he's been yeah. in there. Because of the COVID thing, you mean? Because of him not. But between that and just injuries, and then and then Kevin Durant, so they they didn't really. If you really look at just the totality of that time together, they didn't really have a lot of time on the floor together. Um, even with before this trade happened, where the Nets were starting to get a little hot, and then Kevin Durant gets hurt, and now it's just the Kyrie show. Um, so the Nets never really got a chance to see what that looked like having KD and Kyrie, you know, on the same team. And both of those dudes are some weird guys um, <laughs> when it comes to just socially. Like, I think that they're affected by a lot of things that that they shouldn't be um, for being the caliber of players that they are. Um, so maybe uh, KD needs to be um, in a place like Phoenix where uh, he could kind of – it's not the big bright lights of being in New York. Um, well, I mean – I, I, I think that's part of it. Like, I think a lot of other players besides Kyrie didn't get the vaccination, right? So they weren't, but they weren't in the spotlight like Kyrie was. And of course, you know, he says shit that he shouldn't, shouldn't say, and he does shit that he shouldn't do. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, part of me thinks that both of them, like Dallas, I think Dallas is a good place for Kyrie. I mean, it's not he doesn't have that that constant light on him, you know, and, and if he's going to say something stupid, it's probably just going to go out into the universe and no one's going to notice because it's Dallas. It's not. New York. Yeah. Which yeah. is good for both of them. I mean, I agree with you. I, I think they. I, I think they just. Kyrie, for one, is too. Um, not to like LeBron James straddles the ability to to um, implicate himself in social justice movements and not appear outside the norm with it. Do you know what I mean? Like he he is able to at least be socially responsible, and that's something that LeBron is aware he 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 may make some mistakes, right? But he's aware of I think the whole thing with the decision has taught LeBron how you know to react, you know, things where LeBron is aware of the the implications and the consequences of the things that he says and does. And so he's calculated in what he does say and do. If LeBron James is saying something, that's what he really feels. That whole thing with China, that's what he really felt. We messing yeah. with his money, you know, by coming out there. Um right. that, that's what LeBron James felt. <laughs> The whole thing when he went at uh, Laura Ingraham and, and you know, the whole shut up and dribble thing. That's what LeBron yeah. James felt. OK, so he's he's very aware, very aware of what he says and does. And he's very calculated when he does it. Kyrie seems to be one thing I always felt about Kyrie Irving is that he always kind of comes off as a guy that has to be the smartest guy in the room. Right. Like, dude, we get it. You're intelligent. <laughs> you're brilliant but stop with this whole flat earth stuff and then you know and you can say what you want right the whole thing with the uh with the book and in the, the video in amazon and yeah you got a point right no one really jeff bezos nobody's you know firing him doing all this type of stuff but you know how that goes right what what is the what is the message um that you're saying especially especially as a, a as a black man right when you start talking about the the idea of promoting justice and promoting equity and equality um there are just certain things that even as a black man even as a black person that you can't venture off into right. you know as well and uh Kyrie did um recklessly even if he was speaking truth um you got to know your platform you got to know the impact that what you have says and and that's going to be uh problematic well and the league came down hard on them. And did they? I mean, maybe. I, I just think that he doesn't read the room well. And I, I think you're right. right. And I think the guys that try to come off as the smartest people in the room never come off as the smartest people in the room. Because right. you're trying too hard. I always think, when I think of that, remember when they did the, the NFL draft COVID? And so we got all these, uh, we got to see... Jerry Jones's yacht, because that's where he was doing the draft from. And Cliff Kingsbury, that image 
is always a lasting image of him in the house, trying way too hard to look way too cool, this foot up on the desk and we can see this great house that he's in. You're trying too hard. Quit trying so hard. Yeah. Like scale it back a little, you know? I mean, scale it back. Scale it, it yeah, just, I mean, I, I'm not of that. I think that if you have that platform, you should use it as much as you think, but read the fucking room. I mean, yeah. you can't, especially when when not reading the room is costing you millions and yes. millions of dollars. Right? Exactly. Ron James tells to read the room. Okay, what? I, I'm a billionaire. Kyrie, you're trying to a major contract extension. You're trying to convince a team in which you haven't played the last four. You haven't played only played sixty percent of your games in the last two years that you're worthy of a 200 plus million dollar multi-year deal. Nah, son, it, it don't work <laughs> like that. You got to be a smarter businessman when, when you're talking about that. And that's why when he was, when there was the talk was coming about the Lakers, I was like, nah, I don't, I don't really want that. I love the talent. I love Kyrie's talent, but I don't necessarily like what comes along with, with Kyrie Irving, where you get to the point of is this. And I think that that's where the Nets finally got to, is what he brings outside of basketball worth what he puts on the floor? And the Nets said no. And they said no so much that they just wanted him off of that team so bad that they were just, oh, yeah, we'll take Spencer Dinwiddie back and, and <laughs> Benny Smith. Just make him go. Just put him in just Dallas. Make him just make him yeah. go. And let's talk about real quick, or not real quick, but let's – did you watch the – the women's basketball game yesterday, South Carolina. Watched the, and I watched. Uh, I watched a good portion of it. Um, strategic, right? You know, NC two A got it got it right. Put in a little bit before Super Bowl. I thought. Yeah. That, uh, Except it was at the same time the puppy bowl was. So yeah. I, 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 <laughs> almost perfect. Right? <laughs> almost perfect. Yeah. But all right, South Carolina. Okay, first let me just say shout out to Don Staley wearing the um, Cunningham jersey instead of that was awesome but she is like the Philly girl. So South Carolina is so dominant right now. They're like the Connecticut of what? Decade yeah, ago? The Gino, uh, Gino A, I can never yeah. say it's not. Uh, they, they have those. Well, they've been number one for like, what, 33 straight weeks? Yeah. On the here. Yeah. Undefeated. Yeah. Undefeated. And they played LSU, who was also undefeated. And they made them look like that was two two totally different undefeated teams. Exactly, I, exactly. It, I, so here's the thing, right? So the the thing is, right? South Carolina, first of all, LSU, they're not they're not the same type of club as yeah. South Carolina is, but nobody is, right? In a game where South Carolina didn't play that great, I mean, they beat this team that was supposed to be like okay, we're coming for you. I mean, it wasn't even close. But I think that – I do think that if that game's played on a neutral, I think that the atmosphere kind of got LSU a little bit. They're a little bit younger. Uh, I don't know if they were quite ready for for what they walked into. Um, bright lights, big game, you know, hype. You got, you know, Aaliyah Boston coming out with, with the Ooh. crown, you know what I mean, yeah. all that type of stuff on here. And right off the bat, right, you see – a Don Staley team, characteristic, right? They're going to try to jump on you early. They want to take you out early. Uh, it, it just was a bad, bad thing, right? From the beginning, Angel, right? Angel picked up two fouls in the first quarter. Yeah. She sat. Uh, she sat for most of the, a lot of the first half um, in foul trouble. And then when she came back in, she wasn't in, already got two fouls, like, early. So even in a game where it wasn't your typical dominant Aaliyah Boston game, um, LSU just could, they just didn't have the horses um, to keep up with that team. Uh, South Carolina is just amazing. Don Staley's amazing. She in is. my opinion, one of the greatest uh, female basketball players that I've ever seen and also turning into an outstanding coach, you know, as well. Um, yeah. I just don't see how LSU wins that game in that environment, but in a neutral, in a neutral site, I do think that LSU, um, I do think that they have a chance in a neutral site in that game. Once they started to settle in, once they settle down a little bit, because you know how it is, right? When you're that hyped up, you got all of this emotion, you're exhausted right before the game starts. Next thing you know, you're you're down early 13 to three, and then you got you come back in. And but now Angels in foul trouble. What do you do? I think that that team is is close. I think that that team's coming. 
And the, I think that they can make it a little bit closer on a neutral site. But South Carolina plays South Carolina ball, right? They're going to dog you out on the rebounds. What was it? Like almost a two-to-one advantage, 43 to – I don't even remember what it was, 45 to 25. Um, in terms of rebounds in favor of South Carolina. So they force you into bat shots. You get one shot and it's going to be a bad one. And then they're, cause they're going to get the rebound. And that's just what South has. That's how South Carolina plays. Well, I mean, to your point, LSU did try to come back in the end they, um, in the second half and they held them. It's like 66 percentage of their, their shots. But I still think in a neutral site, South Carolina is going to, I just, the two bigs inside that South Carolina has, I haven't seen a team of the, a, that could match that. It's going to match those two bigs inside. And if they get hot on the outside. Which they I, did, right? They shot, yeah. they shot almost 60% from the field. Um, yeah, so, the first half they were shooting like 88%. It was ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. So, they were, everything they shot was going in. Yeah, I, I just, it's just amazing to me that they're that good. I mean, last year they were good. They were really good. But this year it seems like they're, and I don't want to, I, I feel like I'm disrespecting them if I say they're like Gino Ariamel, Connecticut, like 10 years ago good. But that's what they remind me of. Like no one's going to beat them. You, yeah. you watch them play and you're like no one is even no, no one's so LSU has the best chance and they were and they were um 20 points away um they but, dropped you know, like to five yeah they got I mean they got good uh LSU got good part guard play too. I mean um not LSU South Carolina got good guard play too you're talking about the bigs but uh, Zia Zia was <laughs> giving yeah, them that business <laughs> they they're just like Don Staley if you didn't know she was from Philly you would know she's from Philly like just watching when she played and now when she coaches and that's what her team plays like they play like they're from Philly they play like they are going to hit you hard and hit you fast and they're not going to stop no matter what like i don't care if they're up 20 i don't care if they're down 20 they're coming at you and you should be prepared for that yeah and i love it i am here for all of it it's it's weird, right, for me with uh, women's basketball because I'm much more inclined to watch uh, the NCAA uh, women mm-hmm. over yeah. over the WNBA. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know why that is for me. I just I I it's, it, it is just what it is for me. Um, but yeah, Scar, they're not they're not going to lose. I, I don't see a path. I don't no. see how they're they're just. And I love it. They check too many it. boxes. Yeah. Um, I, I I love it. I don't care. Um, I will still watch them play like and beat teams like during the tournament. I'm gonna. I'm all in for it. I'm all in for them smothering teams and not losing a game. I just I just love it. But as far as the WNBA, did you see where they are um, investigating the Las Vegas team for, for collusion? Um, Sort of. They think that they were paying players under the table. So the women that the Las Vegas team that won the WNBA last year is now being investigated for I don't they didn't call it collusion, um, improprieties for um, making underhanded deals and playing paying players under the table or offering. Wow. Them. Well, I mean, I mean, they don't get paid that much anyway. I'm okay with I that. Mean- <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. I'm like, I mean, was the highest played player in the in the WNBA is like making like some some random dude in the NBA makes more than the yeah. highest played player in the WNBA. Yes, that's true, and and it's ridiculous. So I'm okay with them paying people under the table. I mean, how else? That's why like yeah. Griner had was playing in Russia because they aren't making the money here. So in their off season, yeah. they have to go overseas and play. And the guys don't have to. Yeah. yeah. That, and that's a, that's a tough one, right? That's, that's the uphill fight for, um, for the WBA for one. So is it a young league, a league where it's like they should be, you know, further along and where they are, you know, financially, the WBA has been around for what, 30 years now. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand it. They, it looks like at least in the games I've seen, like you, I don't watch the WNBA that much, but it looks like that they have at least three quarters 
the arenas are full. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I don't know. I they're not maybe getting the sponsorships or whatever that is allowing them to excel. Florida Rams, Florida Rams to ninety. The WNBA's popularity will will skyrocket. Really? Or, yeah, because then now you got the players that can come out there, and nobody wants to see. There's a, like this, like Kyrie Irving, right? He's like somebody said this joke that you know the Nets said they traded away somebody and they got um, Dr. Sebi with a layup package. <laughs> nobody wants to watch layups. Um, that's <laughs> what, that's what the WNBA is now. You got a couple of players that that can actually dunk on the 10 foot rim, but I think that's where the excitement is. The WNBA has a problem though. They have a branding problem because it's who's, who's going to watch the games, right? So they're, 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 they're targeting a very, the very specific community, uh, the LB, the the alphabet community, no disrespect to anybody from that community. I just don't know all of the, the acronyms there. Um, They're targeting that. Okay. And that community does support them. But unless you start to get the men um, who watch the, the NBA to actually come in and, and really, really spend their money at WNBA games, um, it's going to be a struggle because you can only go so far on a very niche uh, community. Women who are not part of that community, they're not going to the games. You know what I mean? So who that's the only community that they're really, really uh, catering to. A solution would be to kind of have it be a double dip where the NBA truly adopts these teams as, you know, sister franchises, where if you buy a Laker game, you get the Sparks game, you know what I mean? And help have the NBA share some of that revenue with them. The NBA can kick down some money a little bit. I think, I think they can do a little bit more to to support the WNBA. I really do believe that. I think that was like one of the greatest things about Kobe is that he was a huge, huge ambassador for it. Yeah. for, For the, for the WNBA and they like you see John Moran a couple times at the games and um, oh, Steph Curry goes to a couple games, but for the most part, they're going to college games. They're going to see the NCAA girls play. They're not going, they're sort of taking your, your stance. They're not watching the WNBA. They're watching, you know, their alma mater's play, which is fine. I mean, any sport the women can get in any avenue is great, but if you're starting to have to pay your players under the table so they'll come and play for you, I, I think that's a problem. I think that that's a huge problem for everyone. But anyway. Uh, I mean, damn, but that squad now, though, my goodness. It's it's pretty impressive what they, especially with the bird, yeah, retiring, and they've, they've got a really solid squad. But if they break them up because of this little thing, then what are they going to do? You know, I mean, who do you who do you discipline? Do you discipline the team? Do you discipline the players who took the money? Do you discipline the owner? Yeah. I mean, you don't want to take the players away. They're already having enough trouble getting people into the arena as it is. So you're going to take away your star players. I mean, they got a lot of stars, though. <laughs> they do have a lot of stars. Those of you guys don't know, like Kenneth Parker just um, joined the Aces. Yeah. Okay, um, Kelsey Plum joined the A. Like you were talking about, if you don't know the WNBA players, like the the five players that you do know that in the, <laughs> are on the Aces, they're probably on the Aces, <laughs> which is sad. But you know, it it is what it is. If you're gonna, Vegas can afford to pay them under the table, I guess. I don't know who owns Vegas. <laughs> there's, one, there's one city that can uh, that can pay you under the table. It's going to huh? be Las Vegas. They're going to be able to do it. Here, here take, take some of this. Take some of this sucker Eagles <laughs> money right here because we're going to have our goat debate on Patrick Mahomes. Oh my soon. God! Did you watch the Pro Bowl? No, I heard it was awful. Uh, Josh Jacobs said it was awful. I I personally like the uh, dodgeball game because it was weirdly weirdly entertaining like they had the the afc offense against the defense to see who would play the nfc's offense against defense winner and the defensive guys were like going for the head they were like taking out people in the stands because they were throwing the ball so hard and i learned that saquon barkley is probably one of the most competitive people i've ever seen like even on his own team he was uber competitive and i'm here for that 
but he was Shout yeah. Saquon making it making it through a season healthy, returning those elite RB one stats. Ooh, he uh, that was a big Saquon truther out there. The only thing that um, saved me in one league. The only thing that saved yeah. me in one league was Saquon Barkley, and then of course it didn't save me enough. But whatever. Um, do you think he's going to stay at the Giants? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Where else is he going? I, I I I do I do think that he's going to stay with the Giants. I think that they they showed him enough to where the Giants didn't look that far away from me. Uh, where where I will question the Giants though is be careful with this thinking that Daniel Jones is your guy. Um, if I were the Giants, I'd cash in on that right now. Where okay, he's actually a capable NFL quarterback. Um, there, there are teams that will rather pay for a little bit of certainty over the uncertainty and, and coming into the draft. I don't think that Daniel Jones is your guy. I think he was your guy right now. Um, and I think that if the Giants are going to get serious um, while you have uh, Saquon there, I don't think that you can stay committed to Daniel Jones. Um, Ooh. I just don't. So who do you think they should – see, I, I don't know if I agree with that, but who do you think – you think they should go for someone in the draft, or do you think they should go for another one of the free agents? You got what? Jones, Garoppolo, um, Geno Smith, um, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Go ahead and say it. No, I'm not going to say it. Lamar's, Lamar's <laughs> not going anywhere. He's going to stay and torment the Steelers for the rest of his life. There's no way. I couldn't see Lamar in, in New York anyway. I don't. I don't know why. I just. I, I don't. I definitely could. You could? The yeah. Giants? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no. I, I can't. I can't. They don't have this. Well, I mean, neither do the Baltimore Ravens. They don't have the wide receivers. They don't have like a Mark Andrews to bail them out. I don't think so. Darius Slayton, maybe, but isn't he a free agent too? So, no. No, 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 I can't go for it. I can't. I can't. Okay. I, I just can't. Um oh now the Pro Bowl is awful though, Gladys. I, I can't remember the last <laughs> time that they played the black Bowl. football. It was spectacular. It was spectacular. No one cared. No one I mean, they played flag football when they weren't playing flag football. You know what I mean? When they were supposed to be tackling. And right. they were playing flag football anyway. So just Play. And the funniest thing I heard was that, I don't know if it was the commissioner who said it, but someone said the idea for flag football came from Russell Wilson. Like, he suggested they play flag football. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that explains it all. And that is exactly what I was thinking. That the idea to play flag did, football. Did he, think of that? did he think of that in his corner office <laughs> in the Broncos facility? If Sean Payton can't fix Russell Wilson, then we know – we know we we going back to the Legion of Boom and we're going to apologize <laughs> to all of them. Pete Carroll, you are the quarterback whisperer. I'm sorry. Um, good. Uh, I've I've never seen a quarterback fall from grace. Like, and he wasn't even really grace, but just like you're out there, like, dude. Like, I I, don't, I can't tell you how many times you're you like you have like people like circling. This guy's wide open. That guy's <laughs> wide open. He was I and I fell for it. Like I was preseason art. Yeah, you were big. I was big big on Russell Russell. and the Broncos going. Because I mean you had all the pieces. You had the two wide receivers, you had um the good running back before he left, you had the two great tight ends, your defense was stout. There was no reason that they should have been as bad as they were. I mean You can say coaching, right? But there were games where you was like watching Russell and you were like where is he throwing it to? Who is he nothing. throwing it to? Exactly. Oh, yeah. No. Was... I, I and out here in Denver too, living out here, like even even though you know you're secretly going, oh my God, this is great because you're a Steeler fan, it's so pathetically bad. It's just and speaking of someone who doesn't read the room well, like the subway commercial that he did, yeah. did you ever see that? You should see it if you hadn't seen it. It's I Subway, how bad do you have to be that Subway takes a sandwich that you're named on out of market? Out of market. That's like so bad. You're so bad. I I don't, yeah. Sean Payton's already said what he, like some of the, they were asking him some of the things that he was like, no, I've never heard of 
a quarterback having his own personal people on the field. That's, that's just, not going to happen. That's ridiculous. That's one way to uh, endear. That's the Bucks didn't even do that for Tom Brady. Right. You know, what I mean? you know? It's like you're Russell Wilson. You won <laughs> one Super Bowl and you freaked up the other one. Come on. I Someone said that they think that he's gotten to a point now where he's more interested in being a celebrity than being a great quarterback. Like, which is a so, which is such a, an incredible switch from what he used to be. Right. Yeah. Like he was like the, the, I mean, he's always been corny. He's always been the Carlton, yeah. uh, you know, a quarterback. Um, but at least, you know, you think like, man, it was a good guy, competitive. And now he just comes off like this prima donna. Yeah. I, the, the one time when they were talking about when, when they were on the flight, you know, the plane and, and <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I was doing, you know, push-ups in the <laughs> – Stretches in the aisle. Stretches in the aisle. He's just kind of like, like, what is this stop. guy? Is he going to start doing uh, bench presses stop. in his uh, in his driveway now? I mean, I, I just stop. Just I, I, he, yeah, that's someone who really his PR team has to absolutely suck on he or else he he just can't read the room. Let's ride, and he kept doing it, and I, I, just, I mean, I guess I, if you stuck, well, you got to you got to stick with it, right? He was like, yeah, let's ride. <laughs> that's right we still right that's right it's right let's do it i if true if sean payton can't i would no be man. surprised if he doesn't bring in another quarterback like of equal caliber or I he's mean, already like, said that he believes that um that he believes that he can that russell wilson is a, is still a good quarterback yeah, so of course he's gonna I say think, that I think Sean's coming in. Um, Sean is he's he, he's coming in with a little bit of the Gatorade, you know, there as well. Um, they're giving him the savior, you know, stuff too. Um, Denver just throwing darts, um, but it was a, it was a mistake. The coaching hire was a mistake anyway um, last year. Um, the trade was a mistake. Um, the trade was a huge mistake. Before huge we play the, you're gonna give him all that. That's crazy. Because it, it was a mistake in the in the sense of why you made it to begin with. You believe that you were a Russell Wilson away from winning the Super Bowl, and you weren't. And that is the that was the biggest problem there, right? They reached for it, and it's unnecessary. Luckily they got money to burn with the, their new owners. Oh yeah, they got nothing but money to burn out here. Um, so, and that's what they're doing. They're literally burning money. They're literally just like going. Let's try this now. Let's see what happens. Um, let's try this. I'm kind of interested. I they don't have the cap for free agency to make like crazy splashes, but I'm I'm kind of interested to see what they do in the off season. I, I mean, we were legit. We were legit talking about how I remember we come coming into the season, right? We were legit talking about how Derek Carr was like the worst quarterback in the division. <laughs> I right? know. We were having debates over <laughs> over Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, and then you got Justin Herbert right there. Um, he was good. so bad. So bad. It was so bad. All right. So, oh, oh, we've been on for an hour. All right. It has been a pleasure. It has truly been a pleasure. I have missed you all season. I can't believe you didn't want to come on with us on Mondays. I, I, you know what? I, I watched all. I watched all of the episodes, though. I was still a fan. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a fan. Thank you. Um, we always a fan of yours. Again, everyone, um, uh, Zach and Jeff and Jamie and Kelly and Boomer. God, I don't think it was Boomer that that Kelly's dogs that said hi. Uh, thank you all for tuning in and listening to us. Next week it will be the Kyle Show. Who he refused to tell me the name of the show when I asked him today. <laughs> I guess I was supposed to know it. I, I can't remember what it was, but Kyle will be on where he does his wonderful interviews with people. Um, I'm pretty sure he's going to be on earlier than we are because he's in Canada. But um, listen to Kyle next week. Um, tomorrow, the guys from... Oh, shit. I forgot the name of the show already. I'm so bad. I'm so bad. But every week, Going for Two has you covered, even in the off-season, for shows that you should listen to. Uh, speak on it. Thank you, Brain. The guys from Speak on It will be on Tuesday. Wednesday is Jeff's Armchair Fantasy Show. 
Thursday is the Dynasty Gambit, and I'm not really sure what's on Friday. It used to be um, the B-League doing prop bets, but I don't think he's doing prop bets on anything that's not football, so I'm not sure what the Friday show is going to be. Um, also, on Thursday will be the other show that I co-host with my sister, and it is a show where we will do mock drafts. This week we will be mock drafting music albums, so tune in. I, I'm I'm so lost. It's the guys from Speak on it are gonna go against me and my sister and mock drafts on music albums. We're gonna they're gonna obliterate us. So I'm not even worried about it right now. Um, <laughs> it, but so tune in on seven o'clock, uh, same that time, that channel, and then Kyle and then Jay and I will be back in two weeks, a week and a half. Yeah, to talk about any topics that are relevant or just um we might talk more about puppy bowl who knows it could happen <laughs> I have a puppy by then <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's right jake could have a puppy by then so tune in to see if jay gets his puppy and i appreciate everyone who listened and everyone who came on and jay you know i, I mostly appreciate you thank you so much oh, it's a pleasure gladys all right and we will see you guys next time same that time same that channel bye-bye peace